0: This is Movies for the Blind, Episode 183, Renfrew of the Royal Mounted, Part 1 of 2.
1: Wonderful country, Canada. You get used to
0: it. Hello and welcome to Movies for the Blind, where you can enjoy films without looking at a screen. I'm Valerie Hunter. Now this podcast is produced in Canada and when people around the world think of this place, some may still think of snow and ice and igloos and ice hockey. And then there are the Mounties, in their red serge, jodhpurs, boots and hat, riding horses and always getting their man. In real life, Canada's National Police Force only wears those uniforms for formal or ceremonial duties, but they do look pretty cool. North Americans and folks in the UK and Australia may remember the TV series Due South from the 90s, with straight-arrow Constable Benton Fraser fighting crime in the wilds of Chicago. But the role of the overachieving, do-gooding Mountie goes back a long way, from Sergeant Preston of the Yukon to Dudley Do-Right. It all started in 1912, and the book Corporal Cameron of the Northwest Mounted Police That set off a bunch of adventure tales in books and magazines, and one of the genre's most successful writers, Laurie York Erskine, created a Mountie who'd also become popular on the radio, on TV, and in films, and this was the first of those films. From 1937, this is Renfrew of the Royal Mounted. Edward L. Alperson presents Renfrew of the Royal Mounted with James Newell. Produced and directed by Al Herman Production manager Harold Lewis Story by Laurie York Screenplay by Charles Loeb Music and lyrics Betty Laidlow and Robert Lively Cast Sergeant Renfrew, James Newell Virginia Bronson, Carol Hughes George Cooley, William Royal Mr. Bronson, Herbert Corthell Angel Carroll, Kenneth Harlan Tommy McDonald, Dickie Jones Pierre, Chief Thundercloud, Constable Holly, William Austin, Lightning, the dog. A car crosses checkpoints at a border crossing. Stopped at Canada Customs and Immigration, a man lets an officer remove a suitcase from his car, where a woman sits. The case is inspected.
1: Will you stay long with the Dominion, sir? All summer, we hope. How's the fishing? Well, I hate to boast about our country. Go ahead. It'll seem like home. We're from California. (laughs) Oh, is that so? Well, it just happens that I love boasting. See that truck?
0: A station wagon pulls up nearby and they approach the man driving.
1: Say, Duke, do you mind if this gentleman has a look? Not a bit They're in the back. I didn't bring money this time.
0: The tourist looks in the back.
1: Rainbow trout. Frozen in ice. The lodge shipped and the Friends in the States. There's no duty on the American side. How far is the lodge? Oh, about a hundred miles north. Have a trout? Oh, thanks, I'll catch my own. <laughs> I'll catch that one right now, Duke, in case you feel like passing it over.
0: Duke hands him a trout encased in an ice block.
1: you gonna turn into a trout someday. <laughs>
0: thanks. The officer walks off with the tourist, and Duke drives away into the U.S., grinning. Later, Two men run through a warehouse to open a set of doors, letting Duke drive his car inside. The doors are closed after him. When a light is switched on, they open the back of the car as Duke gets out. Have any trouble?
1: No, it's getting so easy. I'm ashamed to draw my salary. (laughs) Which one this time? That one marked Riviera Club.
0: One of them gets a pair of tongs, which he uses to pick up the block of ice holding one trout. Setting it on a work table, he reaches up to a wall, and the other man helps him pull down a pickaxe. The first man hacks at the ice with it, breaking a large piece off, then hacks at the piece with the fish remaining in it. He turns the block and switches to an ice pick to work his way in. He picks up a hose.
2: Turn on the steam.
0: When the second man does, the first man directs the hose nozzle at the ice shooting it with steam until it melts enough for him to pick out the fish. He finds a slit cut along the bottom and opens it, taking out a roll of bills covered in plastic. He takes off the plastic and unrolls the money.
1: Nice idea, eh? Carrying hot money on ice. Yeah. Where do you expect us to pass this kind of money? You're doing all right.
0: Later, at the U.S. Treasury Department... Ticker tape is printed with a message assuring full cooperation with the Royal Mounted Police. The message is repeated on a telegram, also referring to wire photos of suspected men.
3: Aisle C4A37, Califitters. Bronson, Nolan, Carroll. Charles Nolan, alias Dreamy Nolan, a clever passer. Angel Carroll, a killer with a dangerous criminal record. James Bronson, engraver, served
2: five years, violated parole by crossing. Into...
0: Copies of the photos are arranged at a police detachment.
2: Our Constable Jameson.
0: He approaches and salutes.
2: Have these placed aboard a plane and flown to harbor.
0: Saluting again, he leaves.
2: And uh, Constable McDonald?
0: He turns from a globe and approaches.
2: Yep, Inspector.
0: The Inspector covers his ears.
2: Uh, motorbikes, confounded contraptions. This looks like quite a case, Mac. I know my boy Tommy is going to be thrilled when I tell him that we're working with the G-Men. By the way Renfrew's due back in a couple of days you might pass him on your way north. Well, if I miss him you can be sure he'll show up for the picnic. I hear that he's making a special meat sauce for the barbecue barbecue sauce. I wish that young man would make up his mind to either be a great chef or a grand opera warbler or just a plain sergeant of the mountain. Still he manages to do pretty well for the department. That's what puzzles me. How a man can fool away his time in so many different things and still make a record for a rest. Yeah, but you can't figure out that fellow.
0: He picks up more photos.
2: Take these and uh, put them through your district, Mac. Yes, sir. Anything else? That's all. Good luck.
0: With a salute, McDonald leaves. Later, on a trail amid the forests and brush of the north, in uniform and wide-brimmed hat, Renfrew leads a squad of a couple dozen Mounties on horseback, all singing.
3: Galloping hoofs, speeding a song. Saddles and gold. We'll stick to the very end. Proud of the coat that we wear. They ride on into a meadow.
0: Later, a sign reading Deer River Annual Picnic is posted on the trunk of a tree. At the foot of it, a man smoking a pipe peels a potato. And another man fills two mugs from a keg. Oh, yeah. A third man turns a well-cooked venison carcass over a fire. It's almost
2: done now. All it needs is some of that wonderful sauce Renfrew's going to make. It will have to be good. That famous cook from the lodge is coming a hundred miles to beat Renfrew. Ah, oh,
3: oh, can beat anybody at anything.
0: Ladies place deviled eggs and rolls on a long table.
3: That's so nice. I want to help Renfrew.
0: The boy turns and smiles. Dozens of people at the picnic gather to watch Renfrew leading his fellow Mounties toward them. The picnickers wave. The Mounties line up their horses before them. They dismount. And as they tie their horses to a rope fence, the picnickers greet them. Renfrew walks against the flow of people toward the keg and spit. Hello, John. He shakes his hand. Hello, Renfrew. We were afraid you mightn't get here. Oh, we couldn't miss. We were smelling that venison for miles. Taking off his gloves, he walks on.
3: Why, hello, Tommy. He lifts him up. Quite an honor to be noticed by a G-man.
0: Holding up a finger, Tommy looks around, then picks up a branch.
3: Smell this.
0: He does. Whoo!
3: what's that? That's to go in the hotel cook sauce. <laughs> Why, Tommy, that wouldn't be sporting.
0: Tommy drops it. See, you'll never grow up to be a Mountie.
3: I don't want to be a Mountie. I want to be a
0: G-man. He shows off a toy badge. Well, I think I'll go over there and cook up some of that sauce. As other Mounties join the Picnickers, Renfrew goes back to John. Oh, by the way, where's my
3: opponent in this sauce-making contest? Best sauce-maker in the world.
0: So it is you who is badging me, huh? They turn to a mustachioed man in a suit. Ready the police. <laughs> he puts on a chef's hat, Hello? noticed by the Picnickers at the long table.
2: How are you? So you realize me, huh? The most best sauce-maker in the world. Ah, oh, my friend, Rennie, I am so sorry for you. Look, right now, I allow you to whip from the contest.
3: <laughs> oh, not without tossing a few pickles and chutney around your... Pickles?
0: Chutney? <laughs> I come a hundred miles in the lodge and you talk pickles, chutney. Look, Here. He picks up a fishing pole. I have a new
2: important rod, important from England. Hardy. I envy you i show you how it works. It works uh, uh, just like my sauce. It's got the what do you
0: call uh, oomph. He practices casting. <sighs>
3: uh, don't do that, George. You're liable to catch somebody. Here, I'll show you.
0: Taking the pole, Renfrew lets out some line and tries some casting. Oh, this
3: is a beauty, George.
0: He catches the hem of a young woman's dress.
3: I beg your pardon. <laughs> hey, you!
0: Oblivious, Renfrew finally looks behind him and spots the woman scrambling to take out the hook. He lowers his head, embarrassed. <laughs> That's a pretty good. You catch a hundred and twenty pound in the first time. <laughs> she tugs at the line. Here, hold it, George. He goes to her.
3: You uniformed peanut. What do you think you're trying to do? I beg your pardon. I was just showing my friend how to fish. She smacks his hand away. I always imagine people did that in oceans or rivers or lakes or well, it was some kind of water. Let me apologize and invite you to our picnic. Sorry. I'm waiting for someone. We're starting north. Well, invite him, too. Your husband?
0: My father.
3: Well, oh, splendid.
0: What's splendid?
3: Oh, I mean, I get along much better with fathers than with husbands.
0: Hey, Rennie! They turn to Tommy.
3: Come, on, they want you to mix the sauce. Right, you are, son. You uh, little boy.
0: With a bow, Renfu leads her. Oh,
3: Let's
0: see. She shrugs. At the table. Hey, uh, come on, Quiet! Quiet, please! Quiet, please!
3: <laughs> it is an art to mix this sauce. This recipe I got from the king of my country.
0: Renfrew arrives. And
3: I got mine from Barbecue Bill just before he died.
0: Oh, that's too
3: bad. From indigestion.
0: <laughs> Opening a jug of vinegar, Renfrew starts making his sauce as he sings.
3: Oh, Barbecue Bill was a mounty. To this land of bounty Was always in search of meat A half-breed squaw Once fed him sauce for his
0: George starts making his too
3: When Barbecue Bill Left the Mounties He handed it down to me A little of this A little of that A piece of old A part of a hat Mix together and eat your bill Said
0: old Barbecue Bill so Mounties help
3: A little of this A little of that A piece of Osho. A part of a hat Mix together
0: Renfrew starts spooning out the sauce on people's food.
3: He knew how to make a chop suey, that really was hard to beat. And though it looked messy and gooey, for Mounties it was a treat. You gulped it down and held your nose, but how it sat down, their goodness knows. When barbecue built with the Mounties,
0: George spoons his out as well.
3: A little of this, a little of that, a piece of old show
0: Renfrew gets to the woman. He shakes his head and crosses his heart.
3: Pill, says, old barbecue. Old barbecue.
0: She starts to smile. Meanwhile, Duke drives Bronson.
1: Wonderful country, Canada. You get used to it. I was lucky in getting the job of drawing the advertising folder for the lodge. Do you think they
0: like my first sketch?
1: I wouldn't know, pal. Well, here we are.
0: They arrive at the luxurious lodge, with a large patio in front of it. They head up some steps.
1: Pretty swell place, eh? All our guests are in the social register. Everything's deluxe.
0: They walk through the lobby to the front desk. Yes, sir. Lovely day, isn't it?
1: Have you a Miss Virginia Bronson registered here? She's my daughter. she hasn't arrived yet, Mr. Bronson.
0: The clerk notices Duke nodding behind Bronson's back. Uh, but
2: there's someone waiting to see you right there in the office.
0: Bronson looks the way he pointed, then turns to Duke. Alone, he moves on to the office, sitting with a manicurist. Come in. Carol looks in a mirror to watch Bronson entering. Then he tips the manicurist.
1: We'll finish this later, sister.
0: He stands and turns to him.
1: Hello, Mr. Bronson. Glad to see you. Carol, well, how are you? Just get in? That's fine. Certainly is good to see you again. Yes, sir.
0: The manicurist leaves.
1: Looking a little pale, but a few days in this wonderful climate of ours.
0: He shuts the door.
1: I'll change you so that nobody will know that you spent five years indoors. I didn't know that you were connected with this place, Angel. I thought that... You were supposed to do a little drawing. That's what I was told. But I guess...
0: Bronson opens the door, but Duke walks in.
1: Don't go running away. The head man told me to meet you. I should have known there'd be a trick to an offer like this. Of course, you're the manager. No, I wish I was. I only work here. told him about you, and he said he was willing to give you a chance. You better look your quarters over before you say anything. They're in the next building. Duke here will take you over, and I'll be over in a minute.
0: With a hand on his back, Duke escorts him away to the next building, where they go downstairs with a native man carrying fish. Duke opens a door for him to enter a cold room.
1: And uh, here's where our guests have their trap frozen for shipping.
0: The native man glances at Duke through a window, and Duke moves Bronson on to Carol.
1: All right, I'll take him from here, Duke. Okay. Come on, Bronson. You see, this is what we sort of use for a shipping room. Over here is the office that you're going to work in. Step right in.
0: Bronson enters the next room with Carol.
1: Need another old friend. You remember Nolan, don't you? Dreaming you always said you were a great artist?
0: They approach a table with a printing press. Hello, Nolan. The blonde smoking Nolan looks up, then stands.
1: <laughs> Hello, Mr. Bronson. What did I tell you? I dream about Michelangelo, the great artist. And what do we get? A great artist? Tell me there's nothing in dreams? Are we glad to see you. Look at what we were calling an engraving. I don't want to look at it. It's no use, Carol. Why do you think we sent for you? We're unloading the last batch by canoe. I figure you can fix these up in no time at all. See, our last artist wasn't so hot. Where is he now? He got the shooting over his mouth. We had to get rid of him. Yeah, yeah, I left. He went away. And that's just what I'm doing. I'm meeting my daughter and leaving here right away. Wait a minute. Your daughter isn't coming here. What have you done with her? No, oh, she's all right. We just sent her a message to sidetrack her until we could talk to you. We'll send for her if everything's okay. I see. And when she gets here expecting me to start a new life, she'll find me back at this. That's the way to talk. I knew you wouldn't pass up a chance to land on your feet again. Take it easy. We'll have your daughter here in a couple of days. Just relax.
0: He tries to leave again.
1: I said take it easy. Wait a minute. Don't do that. Do what? Are you dreaming again? He won't make any trouble. Will you, Mr. Bronson?
0: Nolan sits him down as Carol steps to the door.
1: That's it. Relax.
0: Carol leaves. Meeting the native man, who holds two ice blocks.
1: When you deliver that goldfish, take this to the girl. It's from her father.
0: A rolled-up note.
1: Then take the south fork and come through the lake. And be sure nobody's following you. She booty girl. What's that to you?
0: The native man leaves, and later paddles a canoe on a lake. Riding his horse through some trees to a ridge, Constable MacDonald spots him. Then raises a hand to his mouth.
3: Hey! ashore! The,
0: the native man paddles faster onward instead. So McDonald rides down toward the shore. As the native man paddles by rushes in the lake, McDonald tries to keep pace on land. Floating toward shore, the native man dumps the ice blocks into the shallows. Then keeps paddling. Macdonald works to catch up on uneven ground. The horse picks his way along the shore. The native man pulls in among some bushes. When he lands, he climbs out of the canoe and runs off. Not chasing him, Macdonald stops his horse, then dismounts. He walks into the shallows to one of the ice blocks. Picking it up, he looks around, then carries it to some rocks and drops it on them. He tries again, throwing it down and breaks it open. From some bushes, the native man watches McDonald pick a money roll out of a fish. Then he pulls a knife from his vest. Winding up, the native man throws the knife at McDonald. With the knife in his back, the Mountie falls. The native man sneaks down to the shallows, picks up McDonald's hand, and grabs the money from his glove, stuffing it in his pocket. Later, at the detachment, the body is covered with a Union Jack.
2: Prepare men, by the finding of a counterfeit banknote under the body that the constable was killed by a member of the ring we are seeking.
0: Mountie stand at attention.
2: It may be one of these three men whose pictures you have, and it may be some of our own countrymen aiding them. At any rate, we stand challenged by a dangerous gang who have adopted methods very rare in the Dominion. It must be your resolve to meet this challenge with every resource at your command. To leave no task unfinished. The
0: inspector stands before Renfrew.
2: No trail unfollowed to avenge the death of Constable McDonald.
0: My daddy! 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 Tommy runs from a door to the body, and Renfrew hurries to him. Tommy hugs him tight. And Renfrew lifts him up.
2: Steady, boy. Take it easy, partner.
3: Steady, old fella.
0: Later, at the McDonald cabin, so proud of you today, little son. an older woman rocks in a chair reading with a tissue to her mouth.
3: For you're such a taking way,
0: little son. She looks across the room past a German shepherd dog your tiny to Renfrew holding Tommy as they sit in a chair. The feet that lightly tread. There's a
2: you share,
3: You will soon become a man,
0: The woman looks up to a framed photograph of McDonald.
3: Childhood years are but a span, little son.
0: Renfrew stands carrying Tommy.
3: Many tasks await for you, but I
0: will
3: see them. All.
0: He sits Tommy on a bed. tucks Tommy in.
3: My daddy used to sing me that. I know, Tommy. When I grow up, I want to be
0: just like him.
3: We mustn't let anyone know what happened until the force gets a chance to work.
0: The dog watches.
3: Well, I have to leave now. Good night, Tommy.
0: Good night. Standing up, Renfrew picks up his hat, then steps to the woman and puts a comforting hand on her shoulder. She pats it, thankfully. Renfrew puts on his hat, then opens the cabin door and leaves. Approaching his horse, he glances back. At the Deer River Hotel, the young woman enters a room and takes off her hat. She turns. (gasps) What do you want? The native man sits in a chair.
2: Your father, he sent this. He say meet him there.
0: He holds out the note. She steps toward him and takes it. Unrolling it, she looks at a sketch of the lake and reads, Virginia, accompany this guide to the totem pole lodge, father. Totem pole lodge? But well, did he get the job?
2: He say not talk.
3: What's the matter? Is there anything wrong?
2: He say not talk.
0: Growing concerned, she looks around. She drops the note and steps away. Outside with his horse, Renfrew watches the hotel and spots Virginia closing a window shade. He reaches into his pocket and pulls out a notebook, which he opens and studies Bronson's prison photo. Closing it, he thinks, and puts the notebook away. He walks around his horse and gets ready to ride off. Next day, the native man paddles the canoe with Virginia sitting in the other end. The dog peers over a ridge, and Renfrew follows on foot, walking two horses. In the canoe.
2: He's still following up there.
3: I think so. Yes, I just caught sight of him again.
0: He walks along the ridge.
2: All day he tails us. That's bad.
0: Well, what's the difference? My father and I haven't done anything wrong. We're not afraid of the police. Renfrew keeps walking. Then pauses, looking down.
2: This time he no bothers.
0: He gets a gun. Stop
3: there! Put that gun down!
0: On their knees, they struggle over it. Put it down! Renfrew steps to a cliff and watches them struggle until the canoe tips over. He dives from the cliff into the lake. As he starts swimming, the dog dives in as well. He also swims, and so does the native man, while Virginia hangs onto the canoe. Renfrew swims for her, followed by the dog. Renfrew reaches Virginia and joins her holding the canoe. The dog swims after the native man, who reaches the shore and climbs out. Looking back at Renfrew and Virginia floating towards some rapids, the native man runs off as Renfrew and Virginia hang on to the canoe to ride through the rapids. With the native man too far, the dog reaches Renfrew's hat. Holding Virginia, Renfrew stands and carries her to the shore. He sets her down as the dog arrives with the hat.
3: I didn't have time to say hello before. Nice day. A
0: bit damp, don't you
3: think? Now that you mention it, Perhaps we better have fire.
0: Hey, thanks for everything. So, Renfrew has successfully fished for Virginia more than once now. Har har. Will she lead him to the counterfeiters? Will he need to sing or cook anymore? Find out in the conclusion next time on Movies for the Blind. Our Renfrew is James Newell, who was, of course, not Canadian, but not too far off, being from Pittsburgh. As you can figure, he was mainly a singer by trade, performing opera and with big bands on stage and on the radio. Another film that made Mounties popular, the musical Rose Marie with Nelson Eddy and Jeanette MacDonald, had Mounties who sang. And factoring in the singing cowboys of the day, this film's producers decided to make Renfrew a singer. And so he was, as Newell played the role on and off into the 1950s. For more information and links about the movies, about description, and how to subscribe, go to the blog, MoviesForTheBlind.com, where you can also find out about this podcast's Creative Commons license. And the movies are from the Internet Archive, so please support universal access to human knowledge by visiting and donating at archive.org. Thank you for downloading and for listening. Be back next week. Take care.